0: Buckeyes here on Buckeye Talk. That means it's me, Emily Maurice, and my partner in crime, Tyler Shoemaker, here to look at the Ohio State Buckeyes and college football at large from a gambling perspective. We'll get to our picks in the Power Five conferences in the second segment. At the end, we get in the weeds where T. Shoe, it's really money-making time. He did hit on his upset of the week uh, a week ago. I think at least like about two to one on that. So we hope you guys were in on that. But we start off as always with the gambling look at the Ohio State Buckeyes and t Shoe, I would like to go back a year briefly because this was this was, you know, before I really started looking at all the games right from a gambling perspective, because as we know, January 1st legalized sports betting in Ohio. But a year ago, I think I even wrote it. I can, you can go find it on the internets, people, if you guys want to put it in the Google machine. I called the Ohio State Rutgers betting line a year ago. The worst betting line in the history of betting lines that were ever betted. Ohio State, in the first seven years playing Rutgers since since the Scarlet Knights joined the conference in 2014, this is how much Ohio State was favored by 20 and a half, 21 and a half, 39, 28, 35, 52 in 2019, 37 and a half. This year they're favored by 39 and a half. Last year the line was 15. And as someone who is not good at this, Tyler, I'm clearly not good at this. I was so offended by that line. And then Ohio State won 52 to 13. They won by 39. It was the easiest bet. It's one of those things. There's no such thing as an easy bet. You say bet every game the same. Don't say I'm going to put five bucks on this one. I'm going to put my mortgage on this other one but that was a bet your mortgage kind of line a year ago. Wasn't it? Do you remember l- hearing me say that or reading that, or just now that I'm retelling it because it is my greatest triumph from a betting standpoint, <laughs> only a 15 point line and the Buckeyes won by 39. What was up with that?
1: It's, it's funny. So I, I always think about that I th- because we, we talked about it. I think I was on the pod uh, that week and we did talk about it or around that week and we talked about it and at the time, we have, to, we have to remember, like going back a year, so at this time last year, Ohio State had played Minnesota and played not very well, played Oregon and lost, played Tulsa and looked even worse than that, and then played Akron when CJ didn't play, and it was like, well, what's, what's the deal with him? Is Kyle McCord going to be the starter? Like, Ohio State was kind of in disarray at this point last year, so at the time, I remember thinking, like, man, the, the line actually, like, it sounds crazy, but it actually from a power rating standpoint made sense, but then of course, you know, they go out and bludgeon Rutgers and it's like, well, of course they did.
0: Yeah. There's the, there's the power rating. And then there's like the talent rating standpoint, and they still had 10 times as much talent as Rutgers. So, so I guess I get it. Rutgers had like given Michigan a game and it was like, no, 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 that's not what this is going to be. So um, the history of this tissue, Ohio state is six and two against the spread against Rutgers in the eight games. And again, this line started at 41. It's down at 39 and a half uh, at the latest that I looked at it. It's it's I remember and I think it was in 2019. We might have been talking about will Ohio State score 100 on Rutgers. I think that might have been uh, the theme that week. And then that was the game where it was like Rutgers hung around a little bit. And there was kind of like a weird defensive play, I think. And so in that game, Ohio State's favored by 52 and they only win by 35. There have been times when Ohio State, like Rutgers has scored zero or three or seven, and all those times Ohio State covers, right? When Ohio State gets in trouble, the two times they haven't covered, they've given Rutgers, they've given up in the 20s. So then if you're like a 40-point favorite and you give up a score in the 20s, now all of a sudden you've got to score 60 or 65 points in order to cover. When you look at a history like that, right, because the players change, but the programs remain the same. And the Greg Schiano version of Rutgers I think is different than the Kyle Flood or Chris Ash version of Rutgers, right? But six and two against the spread, would that tell you anything? I know you're a numbers power rating guy, but it would, would it even be in the back of your head that that's a pretty good record? It's sometimes it's hard to make Ohio state a big enough favorite against a program like Rutgers.
1: Yeah. And that's, so I have two, two thoughts on that. One and this is a topic that that people have asked me about on, on Twitter over the last week or two, and that's like, how do you adjust power ratings, particularly early in the season? Like how quickly do you fade out the preseason projection? And looking back at last year's games, kind of a perfect example of that because if we were just going on the data from 2021, like that, like I said, that 15 point line kind of makes sense because Ohio state wasn't playing very well, but when you factor in the preseason projection and looking back, you know, the last three or four years at the Ohio State program, that's what kind of gives them um, that baseline in, in my numbers. So that's why I am generally a little slower to adapt to that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> so I, yeah, I, I think it is something that, that you have to consider. Uh, but ultimately, that's not going to put me on or off of a bet. It would just be something that I would take into consideration in conjunction with my number.
0: All right. So that makes sense to me why like you would not perhaps be swayed all that much by the history because you have, you know, algorithms that you have poured your soul into and created new mathematical formulas sitting there on your computer screen. I don't know. Would it be OK? Could could an Ohio State fan who just wants to say, oh, man, they always cover against Rutgers. I want to bet 10 bucks on that. Like, would you dissuade them from that? Would you dissuade people from taking Ohio State minus 39 and a half, or if they're in the mood to do it, is there some sense to it? Sure. I mean, when you look at, at this year's team, you know, on both
1: sides of that on on the Ohio State side and on the Rutgers side, like if that's your tiebreaker, like, well, you know, 39 doesn't doesn't sound like that big a number and historically they've pounded them into the ground, then, then yeah, absolutely. Like, let that be your, your tipping point. Um, Now, obviously again, you wouldn't, if Ohio state was, if this was 2011 Ohio state or something, you wouldn't be like, well, historically they've destroyed them because then obviously it's not the same thing. So if that's kind of your, if you're kind of on the fence and then you look back and look at the historics and, and that pushes you over the edge, then absolutely
0: go for it. One of the other things I like about this, and I do think, as we've talked about, when it's a big number, you've got to think, you've got it in the coach's head. You've got to figure out when the backups are coming in. Ohio State against Notre Dame had five first-half possessions because we know Notre Dame was trying to squeeze the life out of the ball a little bit. They've had six first-half possessions the last three games. Against Arkansas State, there's six first-half possessions, and I'm not counting, like, the two plays at the end of a half where you kneel. Six first half possessions, Arkansas State. Three touchdowns, a one field goal attempt, two punts. Toledo, six possessions, six touchdowns. Wisconsin, six possessions, four touchdowns. Um, oh, no, they even had seven. Is that, did I do it right? I think they had seven. Six t- Four touchdowns, two field goal attempts, and a turnover. Because they had the, the interception at the end of the half. So they even had seven. You To me, if you want to get to covering 39 and a half, and if you want to get to the over, and I do like over 58, more than I like something else you need them to make money in the first half but I think I don't think Rutgers is going to squeeze the life out of the ball I can see them having six or seven first half possessions and to me if Ohio State I think like 42 in the first half for Ohio State which would be that's six touchdowns maybe it's 38 because it's five touchdowns and a field goal. I don't if you can get in that range, I start to like Ohio State minus the points and the over and I will tell you this one of the things I, I like about not Rutgers not like squeezing the life out of the ball they've punted on half their possessions so far this year. They punt constantly like they don't really march they don't really I'm only I'm only counting I'm not counting the game against Wagner but against Boston College, Temple, and uh iowa last week total possessions they've punted on half their possessions they've tried a field goal on 18.8 percent of possessions they've scored a touchdown or turned it over on 12.5 percent of possessions and they've lost it on down 6.3 percent of the time so 32 possessions in that game 16 in in those games that mattered 16 punts they're going to come out and go three and out a lot and then they're going to get it back to Ohio State, and then I think Ohio State's going to score. So I like Ohio State being able to run it up early. Then they put in the backups, but I think the starters can get to 42 in the first half against Rutgers or get close enough. So I think there's some stuff inside there that would, would makes me able to give the 39 and a half and take the over here because I think they're a punt machine. Now their punters good. But they're still punting it. They're not going to go – I don't think they're going to go on a 10-play drive for 60 yards and then punt it, you know, and eat up clock. What do you think of that reasoning, Mr. Math? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm
1: I'm right with you. And so that, that leads me into our Ohio State pick for this week, and that is the first quarter over 14. And this is actually at plus 105 odds uh, the last time I checked it. So you're getting – uh, plus money here to take over 14, you know, 14 pushes. And that's 14 combined or 14 for just Ohio for, State? 14 combined. So if right, the I mean, first quarter, wow. first quarter. Okay. So, so we played the over over 13 total points last week and that cashed in like five minutes. Uh, I, I think it's going to be similar here this week. I, I think it's at least two Ohio State touchdowns. And, you know, if Rutgers gets lucky and even gets a field goal, that's just bonus. I, I'm, I'm making this bet solely on I think Ohio state will cover this themselves.
0: I really like that because I think the way you lose that is Ohio state scores touchdowns on its first two possessions and is in the midst of its third possession when the quarter ends and you push. Yeah. So that, that like, I, I can't imagine Ohio state, you know, punting twice in their first three possessions against Rutgers. I don't, yeah. I'm a little, the thing that I'm a little bit iffy on here in this game tissue is what Rutgers is going to do offensively because they're basically down to their third string quarterback. And the way that you've really gotten to overs in some of these games is because Rutgers does something. So it's a matter of if you think Shiano's going to trick it up a little bit, like Aaron Cruikshank, can he do something? Can they pop something to maybe get two scores that all of a sudden, if you're trying to look at, you know, if you're looking at 58 and a half as the over, no, what is it? Yeah, 58, 58 is the over. If you think Rutgers can get to 10, now you just need seven Ohio State touchdowns to hit the over. That seems the seven Ohio State touchdowns I feel really good about. Do I think Ohio State's going to score 49? I'm a scooch worried about is the final score 56 to nothing or 52 to three because Rutgers doesn't do anything. But I'd be willing to bet it, right? I'd be willing to say, I, I like Rutgers having a, a decent chance to get its 10. That means give Ohio State 49 and we we hit 59 and we're over it. So does that math add up for you? Yeah,
1: no, I, I like it. And, and another way, another conclusion you could come to with that same premise is maybe you take the Ohio State team total. I, I don't think that's out yet. It's probably going to be 49, 49 and a half, maybe 50. Uh, so you could you could maybe look at taking the team total over there, too, if you like that.
0: Because the one thing that we've talked about is I think Jim Knowles is going to get after it. Uh, I made a prediction. I think Jack Soil will have three sacks in this game. You could see Iowa getting after them a little bit last week. I think Jim Knowles is going to show show a quarterback looks, bring blitzes, you know, show seven guys at the line, bring five, drop two, throw guys off. But also Jim Knowles. We've talked about a lot with Jim Knowles that that I did on the pod a couple of weeks ago. It's not a bend, don't break defense. I tried to call it. Uh, what did I call it? I came up with the thing. It was two S's strike and shut down. No, I can't even remember what I called (laughs) the deal, but it's like, you're, they're going to get after it and they're going to be willing to give up something every now and then. So maybe Ohio state has six sacks, but they give up a 70 yard pass play, which, which goes for a touchdown or sets up a touchdown. And I think Jim Knowles will live with that because he'll take that equation. Hey, we got seven sacks and we gave up one. You know, he says they want to give up five explosive plays, or less in a game. So, you know, I, I can see enough of that working and this really, when we talk about this, it makes me nervous when the conversation is about Rutgers, because when I'm talking about Rutgers getting 10, I can talk about Jim Knowles. I can talk about, well, maybe if they're still playing the young corner as well, you get somebody, but it's really a Rutgers conversation at that point. Can Rutgers muster 10 points? I don't like Rutgers conversations. Because I don't trust Rutgers. I do trust Ohio State from a betting standpoint. Would you... 58 for a single team, that's a lot, right? Even for Ohio State. Although we've seen them drop 60 and 70 on people, I don't think they would get the over by themselves. I I have to put a little bit of this burden on the Scarlet Knights right 58 for a single team I don't know if you like have numbers on stuff like that that is a lot of points to score especially in a conference game we're not talking about Hawaii we're not talking about Idaho State here yeah
1: that's that's a lot and that's why I say
0: like you can use that same
1: line of thinking but if you come to the conclusion that I just don't trust Rutgers
0: then take the Ohio State team total over and then you don't have to worry
1: about what Rutgers
0: does so when we talk about these team totals, most of like the online sports books that people would use, maybe you're talking about, maybe it comes out later in the week, but can you almost always find an individual team total? Cause I will say before we started doing the podcast, I understood totals over unders. I didn't really know that an individual team total was a bet that you could make. Is it, is it a common bet? Yeah, it's, it's obviously not
1: as common as the side or the, or the game total, um, and for whatever reason, they, they generally don't list them until like the day before day of the game, but you can do the math and figure out based on what the line is and what the over under is. You can do the math and figure out what the odds makers think the team total is going to be. So I just do that ahead of time. That's why I'll say, okay, it's probably going to come out in the range of 49 to 50. Okay. And, and you can make your bet from there uh, when it comes out. Cause obviously this, this will air on Friday, uh, the
0: team total, might not get posted until Friday night or even Saturday morning. Is there something in betting, is narrowing the focus a good thing that if you can really, like a lot of times what you come in and do is you're talking about a team, a team total, not a game total. You're talking about a first half or a first quarter line, not a game line. Do you prefer that? Do you feel like there's more certainty? Does it make your numbers pop even more? When instead of talking about sixty minutes, we're talking about fifteen minutes. We're instead of talking about two teams, we're talking about one team.
1: Generally, no. Honestly, the the only okay. reason the only reason we get into that conversation so much is because we're talking about Ohio State specifically, and because of you know just what we've talked about because of their brand name and their kind of prowess in the betting market. There's generally not a lot of value on them to bet, you know, to just take Ohio State minus the points for the game. So we have to find these little pockets in the in the um residual markets to to be able to bet on Ohio State.
0: Also, how about, you know, you just watch the first quarter of the game and you're like, "Man, I cashed it." And the second quarter starting. How about how joyous is that too, right? I mean, you make your money early, then you can go like buy a hot dog with the money that you just made on your first quarter bet.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I, I texted you five minutes into the game and was like, well, no live bet on Ohio State <laughs> yet yeah, because they, you know, we had talked about maybe Wisconsin comes out and scores first and Ohio State scored, got the interception, scored again. And it was there. Our, our bet cashed right there.
0: And that was all she wrote. Yeah. Uh, and congratulations on breaking your streak last week. You were, in fact, in Ohio Stadium. We had a moment <laughs> where we got to take a, a betting the Buckeyes photo together. And then uh, you and your son got to actually watch Ohio State win, which was a, a nice thing for the Shoemakers.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was great because uh, he, he was with me at the Oregon game last year. He wasn't with me at Michigan, but he was, he was with me. Now, the Oregon game was his first game ever. So he, oh.
0: he, was, he was like, Dad, if they lose again, I'm, I'm not coming back. <laughs> so, well, good job by you. I mean, because you could have put it on him. You could have just been like your first game. They lost. I'm never taking you to a game again, but look, you gave him a second chance and they blew out Wisconsin. So yeah, uh, good, good fathering by you there. Nice meeting your son. It was a, he's a fine young man. How old, how old Thank is you. he? What's he like, uh, was a 17 he, or so? He's, he's 14. He's, he's, he's a freshman. 14. He's a good looking kid. Um, Thank you. doesn't take out much take out through his mom, not his dad. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, that's where we are with Ohio state. I'm, I'm definitely willing to give the points. I'm definitely willing to go the over, but I, I really like where your head's at Tishu, with this 14 point total for the game in the first quarter that when you guys, if you're listening, if you're trying to do this, you know, be a little patient Tishu's saying it might not be out right away, but it should be out before the game. And you can bet that and then uh, go get yourself a snack at halftime with your winnings. All right. When we come back, I was terrible last week. I had a crazy bad beat. It actually was it going to be a bad beat, then a good beat, then a bad. It was ridiculous. So we'll talk about how ridiculous I am as a better and how we're doing. We'll make our power five conference picks next on Betting the Buckeyes. All right, so one and four for me last week for the second consecutive week, which makes me now seven and 13 on the season tissue. My big bet last week was, Oregon giving points. I think it was six to Oregon State. That game is like back and forth the whole game. It's like, I don't even think Oregon's going to win, much less cover. I'm dead. Then Oregon scores with like four or five minutes left to go ahead, but they're not covering. And I'm like, well, that's it. Like, they're going to win, but they're not going to cover. Then they get a pick six against Washington state as Washington state's trying to come back. Now they're up by like 12 or 13 or whatever it is. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get a miracle cover. I actually just put it down. I actually literally marked it in my bets. Uh, that, that's I the Cardinal away. sin. <laughs> Washington state scored a touchdown with one second left. Did you, well, I, don't, I still don't know what happened. So they, they scored with one second left just to cover. They weren't it didn't they they, had, they were down by 13 they didn't even have like time to onside kick or anything I don't think. They just did it just to get me but I I was so lucky to have been in the position where it looked like I was going to win. I couldn't even be mad. But man, a touchdown with 1 second left TSU that's rough, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, that we we both had a rough week with our our conference picks and I also had some some just terrible beats again for the second week in a row. Um I I had bet Tennessee -7 they're up thirteen with like a minute left. Florida scores a meaningless backdoor touchdown to to kill me on that. And then I had SMU uh TCU under. TCU's just trying to run the clock out. And SMU lets them bust a, a long touchdown run to to push it over. So it was it was brutal.
0: Brutal. Yeah. It uh you know, it's life. Life in the gambling world baby. Yep. That's so that's what- how it goes. So what were you and your power five bets
1: then last week? So my conference picks last week were one, three, and one, which brings me to 10, nine, and one on the season. So we're still up Uh, my Ohio state bet cash. I'm three and one on those this year. Uh, And my best bets went two and one. So that brought me to six and six on the season. And we did cash our upset uh, two to one pick on Miami of Ohio.
0: Okay. So let's get to our bets for this week. Um, I'm going to go with a team that you, that that lost the upset of the week last week. And I'm going to talk about Northwestern. Northwestern is getting 24 and a half at Penn state. I looked at the last five years. So 2018, 19, 20, 21. And then this year in 2022, by my count, Penn state has 22 big 10 wins in these five seasons. And only six of them have been by 25 points or or 24 and a half points or more. I don't know that Penn State is a team that blows people out. They didn't blow out Central Michigan last week when a week ago I I took Penn State minus the points. That was another one of my losses. I think I took Penn State minus 27, and they won by like 23. Northwestern has not been good. They've had some critical turnovers, and I'm just – more aware of this than usual because my daughter is there and like banging her head against the wall that their Northwestern is one and O in Europe and O and three in America. So they had a critical fumble at the end against Duke. They had a fourth quarter fumble against Southern Illinois. They've been in games, but they haven't won them. Ethan Hall is a guy that is their whole offense. He gets like 30 touches a game. I just think they can put a couple drives together. They wore out against a Mac team last week, which is a terrible thing for a big 10 team to say. But I think they can hang around with the Penn State team that really isn't a team that drops 50 on people. So 24 and a half, even in Happy Valley, feels like a lot to me. I think this game feels more like 35 to 17 or 31 to to 13 or something like that. So I I just think the way these two teams play – 24 and a half is a lot. So I'll take Northwestern with those points at Penn state.
1: I like that. I, I just took a peek in my, my 2022 numbers again, filtering out the, the preseason projection of, of these teams uh, would make that line about 18. So yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. All right. What's your big 10 pick? So my big 10 pick is going to be Minnesota minus 12 against Purdue. Um, Aiden O'Connell for Purdue his status is up in the air right now. He's injured. I think he's dealing with a rib injury, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so this is kind of a, a hedge because I think if he doesn't play, this line's gonna get above 14.
0: Okay. And if he
1: does, if he does play, maybe it goes to 10, but really there's not much difference between between 10 and 12 here. So uh, I'm gonna take Minnesota minus 12. Uh I, I project it around 13, so not a not a ton of value there. But again, we're at that middle point in the season where I can kind of filter out the preseason uh data and that line would be 20 and a half for me so that that's that's kind of my i'm still relying on my actual projections but these 2022 only projections i kind of am doing those off on the side and that's kind of pushing me over the top if i'm if i'm leaning one way on a bet Uh, so that's going to get me over the top here on minnesota minus 12.
0: and listen that's one of those things with o'connell it's a little bit like justin herbert in the nfl last week with the chargers I think he has a rib thing, too. It's like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? And then he played and the Jaguars blew him out because he played, but he wasn't himself. Even if Aiden O'Connell plays, there's a decent chance he's not himself. And so I think a lot of that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, And
1: I've got I've got Minnesota in the the top five right now in overall efficiency. And Purdue, you know, with O'Connell is
0: outside the top 75. So I'll, I'll gladly lay less than two touchdowns here. So Shahan and I in the College Football Survivor Show that I know all you guys are listening to. If you haven't, give it a shot. We'll talk about national college football. We Great were show. talking about Minnesota. That, thanks, Tishu. You're one of our 17 listeners. No, I'm kidding. We have more than 17 listeners. Um, we were talking a lot about Washington and whether Washington should join our playoff mix. And then I think we held off on putting Washington in. Cause we were sort of like, what's the difference between Washington and Minnesota and Minnesota just on raw stats is in the top three nationally, both offensively and defensively. They blew the doors off Michigan state. I think it's possible that like n- we haven't all caught up to Minnesota yet and that they actually might be on track for something special here. They were 11 and two in 2019 Tanner Morgan's a veteran quarterback. Mo Ibrahim as a healthy running back is, you know, certainly in the top tier of running backs nationally, and it feels like they have a defense a little bit too. So I I think there's a, a couple things. You got an injured quarterback on one side, who's kind of the key to making everything about Purdue go and maybe an undervalued team. That's going to be better than people think on the other side. So I like where your head's at here. Let's do sec. You go first here. What's your sec pick.
1: Okay. We're going to go back to old faithful here. And that's uh Ole Miss unders uh, Ole Miss UK under 54 and a half. Uh, I projected 53 and a half again, not, not a ton of value. The, the 2022 only projection, there would be 49, uh, 75% of the money's on the under. And so far this season, you know, I'm, I'm a man that is willing to accept new information. And I historically have wanted to be on the other side of the money. Uh, but when I, after, you know, a couple, couple of bad weeks, that'll make a man kind of look in the mirror a little bit. And I dug into some data and actually on plays where, 75% Seventy-five percent or more of the money agree with my projection. It's been six percent sharper than the closing line has. Uh, so, so I'm I'm actually gonna to roll with the money here and take old Miss UK under fifty-four and a half.
0: Look at you liking people now. Look at you, Mister Be- begrudgingly is- <laughs> That Buckeye Talk begrudgingly yeah. liking people. Uh, I, I I can relate to that so much. But how important is that tissue? shoe because? I would like to think of myself as open-minded, but I'm probably more stubborn and stuck in my ways from a gambling standpoint. You're saying being open to new information, is that hard to do? Or is it like, Hey, I just got to go where the numbers are taking
1: me. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just one of those things where, and I I actually had dug into this a little bit uh, for the 2021 season. And what happened was the 2021 season told me that the, the, the team, the sides getting the majority of the money did pretty well, but then to start off 2022, the trends went the other way. So I kind of was like, well, maybe that was just a one year thing, but now it's kind of reverting back. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking my projection with the money, you know, with the heavy
0: money might, might equal the winner. So that's, I'm going I'm to try to ride that wave here. All right. So in the sec, I'm going to go with um, absolutely just one of my favorite coaches, uh, in college football and that's Brian Kelly of LSU who I have always believed in I've always admired I think he's a program builder I think he's very charismatic I think he's a good dancer I think kids love him I think I think babies love him I just Speaking I would give them- new information <laughs> I gotta be and mostly I'm just gonna uh bet on him because I think the guy on the other side's worse Brian Harson is dead man walking at Auburn it's just a question of when not if he's gonna get fired um, Auburn beat Missouri last week in a game that nobody wanted to win. They have LSU this week. They have Georgia next week. I think this is the setup. And then Georgia's the knockout punch. LSU is giving eight and a half at Auburn. But I think that program might be a lifeless shell of itself. I think think it's hard for players when all anyone has talked about all year is your coach is about to get fired. And so – the fact that they won last week and that they're actually three and one covers up how awful I think things are there. And I almost think, I, th- I think there just might be people at Auburn that almost like want them to lose so they can just get rid of Brian Harson and, and move on. Right. And there's become a trend that I think you look at things, teams that fire their coaches early, I think we have some proof. It feels like th- they think they get a jump on the coaching cycle and can dig into guys faster and make a better hire. So, Minus eight and a half is a lot to give in the SEC for, for a road team. But um, this is against the situation at Auburn. So I'll take LSU minus eight and a half.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think Auburn's a team right now where I, I pretty much just have to throw my numbers out because of that coaching situation. I, I project this kind of right around the line, like right around eight points or so. Um, but, but given that whole dynamic off field, you know, that you can't really quantify, I, th- I think you're absolutely on the right side here. All right, what do you got for the ACC this week? So, ACC. So, I'm going to take North Carolina Virginia Tech over 51 and a half. This line is one of these bizarre lines this week where it opened at 60 and a half, but because of the hurricane, a lot of these bettors on Sunday night, Monday morning, jumped all over the under they you know they just looked at the forecast said okay anything in the carolinas we're gonna bet way under so you see a lot of these games that are being played um in the southeast their totals have just plummeted all week uh this one included and north carolina's defense is just so bad they're they're outside my top 100 in defensive efficiency but they're top 10 in offensive efficiency so that to me that's the recipe for an over i've I maybe would have taken the over at sixty and a half, and a half, but definitely at 51 and a half after wow. they give, gave up, what, 40-something to Notre Dame last week. I, their defense
0: is abysmal. I get good combination for betting an over. Terrible yeah. defense, good quarterback, because Drake May at North Carolina looks like the real deal. And that, that's more powerful than a hurricane. What's more powerful than a hurricane? The combination of North Carolina's terrible defense and Drake May at quarterback.
1: And I I believe the receiver downs, uh, is, is back now. So that, that also is just, you know, one more, one more bullet in the chamber there for them.
0: And also everybody stay safe out there. Uh, I and the ACC. This is pretty straightforward. I'm just going to take Clemson minus six and a half against North Carolina state. It's a game. It's a showdown in the ACC. And there's like kind of two things at play. Devin Leary, the North Carolina state quarterback has been okay this year, but not good, not great consistently, not as good as Sam Hartman from wake forest. I don't think Sam Hartman threw six touchdown passes against Clemson last week. And that game went to double overtime. I don't think Devin Leary can do that. And also Clemson was missing three guys in the secondary last week. And Sam Hartman absolutely took advantage of it in a way that Graham Mertz did not take advantage of the three guys missing in Ohio state secondary, but those guys should be back intruding it, including Andrew Mokuba, their great safety. So I think a lot of the, what looked like gaping holes in the Clemson secondary will be fixed just by guys getting healthy. Davos Sweeney, I think has said, those guys should be back. And then it's, you know, it's one of those things, like this is a key number, right? Six and a half. They can go to overtime and maybe Clemson wins by seven and I win the bet anyway. Right. And this is, this is a little bit of a bet on them being scared out of their shorts against Wake Forest. The defensive line did not play that well against a really good quarterback and Sam Hartman. If the Clemson defensive line plays a little bit better, the secondary gets healthy. DJ Uyunglele hung with a really good quarterback last week and made enough plays for Clemson to win. I think maybe Clemson gets a little boost by escaping against wake forest. You know, Shahan and I talked about this game all off season. This was sort of, this feels like f- almost for the ACC and it's happening right now. North Carolina state beat him a week ago, but maybe this is where Clemson reasserts itself as Clemson. And I, and I just think Devin Leary won't be able to do the same things that Sam Hartman did. What do you think about that game?
1: Yeah, I honestly, I, I considered making the same play here for my ACC pick, uh, projected around Clemson minus eight. Uh, Open six moved up to six and a half, so the market agrees with us here. Um, there's one factor that that you didn't mention that I think is worth noting, and that's Angry Dabo, maybe, because mm-hmm. I, I would have to go back and look, but I mean, it, it can't be too many times, you know, in the last five years or so where. They've lost a regular season game and then or lost a game and had a chance that next regular season to to avenge that loss. It, I mean, it hasn't happened too many times. Um, so I, I think Dabo will have them up for this one. Uh, obviously, being here in in Greenville, I, I know the energy here this week's been been pretty good. I think I think the fans are really pumped up for it. I think it'll be a good atmosphere. Uh, and I think I think Clemson's the right side here.
0: All right, let's go to the Big 12. I will tell you that I am just taking Oklahoma State plus two and a half because I think this is just two good teams in the Big 12, Oklahoma State versus Baylor. It's at Baylor. Spencer Sanders, I think, at quarterback, has played better for Oklahoma State than Blake Shapin has played at Baylor. I know Shahan, who's a Baylor expert, has sort of questioned maybe Blake Shapin, who they were really excited about when he won the job, hasn't quite been maybe what some people expected. Maybe they're not quite using them the right way. Spencer Sanders, really good efficiency rating. Uh, 9.6 yards per attempt is really high. 10 touchdowns, one interception. I just think maybe Oklahoma State's pretty good, and Oklahoma State's coming off a bye. And and Baylor had a tough game with Iowa State last week. So it's at Baylor, but I'm getting points with Oklahoma State. I'm getting two and a half, and I could see Baylor winning this game 28-27. So I, I like that. I think Oklahoma State might be pretty good getting points there. I'll 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 take Oklahoma State plus two and a half.
1: I like it. I these are two, in my opinion, just two very evenly matched teams. So I, I I'm with you. If if it was the other way and Baylor was getting two and a half, I would, I would go that way. I think whoever's getting points here is probably the side to be on. Because honestly, I, I won't be surprised if this game goes to overtime. Uh I think the line is spot on. I've got it projected similarly. So I, I think uh, I think you're on the right side here. All right. Big 12 for you. Big 12 for me. I've got Oklahoma TCU under 68 and a half. Again, I think I was on the TCU under last week. It should have cashed. Uh, They they busted off a run late when they were trying to run the clock out and scored a touchdown to push it over. Um, This total opened at 66. Uh, I projected at 64. Um, And this season, I tweeted this out this week. Totals of 67 or more just blindly, not even including what my number says, total 67 or more have gone under in nine of 12 games so far this year. So that's 75% just blindly betting them. And then the fact that I projected four and a half points under, uh, I'm, I'm going to take the under here. I like it. All Pack right. Pac-12 is our last bet. What do you got in the pack 12 Pac-12, I'm going to take Washington State minus four. Uh, I projected four and a half, not a ton Could of value. Were play they playing? Uh, they are playing – I didn't
0: even write that down. You're such a gambler. You're just like, <laughs> the numbers told me this, and it's Washington State. And uh, Oh, they're, a, they're, they're, they're playing Cal. They're playing Cal. Okay.
1: I, my, my brain collapsed for a minute. Uh, so, I, again, this is a team that preseason expectations you know, weren't there for them. So my number is kind of right around there, right around the floor. But looking at what they've done on the field so far this year, I would project them to win by eight. Uh, and again, eighty percent of the money is on them, so this falls under that that trend with with the money in my projection, uh, where it's been nine percent sharper than the closing line so far this year. Uh, and they're better. Washington State's better in both offensive and defensive efficiency than Cal, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ride
0: with them. Okay, my uh, bet is Washington minus two and a half at UCLA. They are both four and zero, but the differences between their four and zero records is. Vast UCLA is probably the fakest 4 0. I think there's 19 undefeated power conference teams right now. Their wins are over Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, and Colorado. Colorado Colorado's like the worst power five team, and they only beat South Alabama 32 31. Should have lost, probably like Washington, I think, is like potentially real. And so I just and nobody's going to be there. Like UCLA is at home. I think UCLA playing at home is almost a negative. Now, one of the biggest stories um, like in college football is how nobody goes to the Rose bowl to watch these guys and and what an embarrassment their attendance is. So I don't, I don't know that UCLA is going to be like jacked up there. So like to only give Washington can win by a field goal and, and I'm good. I just think there's a, a vast difference in the quality of teams here. So I'll take Washington.
1: Yep. Uh, my my brother TJ loves that. He he was texting me about that Monday morning about how he was he was already betting Washington. So he's he's right there with you. Um, yeah. So that's that's our our conference picks for this week. Hopefully hopefully you
0: and I both uh, both bounce back from from a bad couple of weeks here. Let me ask you one question real quick. Is it still shorthand that a home team gets three points in a betting line, or is that really not true? And how would you take into account like the quality of the home field advantage? Does that matter?
1: Not for me. I, I think. I think there are handicappers that will assign just a flat two and a half or three points. Uh, I actually um, credit the action network for publishing an article earlier this year where they actually went back, I think like 10 years and analyzed how teams had performed at home relative to the spread and relative to how they perform on the road and assigned a true home field advantage based on their historical performance. Uh, So, and I've actually got that on my sheet. Um, that that's free f- uh, for the public to look at. I actually have that assigned home field advantage for every team
0: listed. Oh, really? Okay, so that that takes into account that like UCLA's home field advantage probably kind of stinks.
1: Yeah, and it, it, to Wisconsin's it, it, because well, I've seen I've seen uh, handicappers that will give like Ohio State like a four point home field advantage. I, I'm like, I've been there. It's not so by my numbers, like Ohio State has like a two 6, uh, point six point home field advantage. And then like Liberty, I think has like a four point home field advantage just because their performance splits have been so stark
0: uh, on the road okay. versus being at home. So that's, that's kind of how they did it. Okay. All right. Good luck to everybody. Sorry. I went one and four each of the last two weeks. Again, it sounds good when it comes out of my mouth. It just does not cash betting the Buckeyes. We'll be back making money with Shoe next. All right. We got a betting tip ahead, but first let's get into weeds. What's your, uh, you always have three best bets here. You said you went two and one on the best bets last week and you hit the upset pick. So, three of the four things that we're about to talk about here, you nailed a week ago. What's your first best bet?
1: Best bet number one, I'm going to take Rice UAB over 51 and a half points. Uh, we were on the Rice over last week. I'm probably going to keep riding these here uh, as long as the number indicates that we should. Right. <laughs> I've got Rice's defense ranked 129th out of the 131 FBS teams and adjust the defensive efficiency. They are an absolute turnstile. Like they, they don't stop anybody. Uh, I project this at 54, 80% of the money's on the over. And again, 80% of the money plus my projection and the line moving in our favor has been 75% so far this year. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with Rice, UAB over 51 and a half.
0: I would just love to load up an airplane with handicappers and fly to a Rice game. It feels like we've done rice a couple of times here and just have get like a 100 handicappers who are really into it and just love the rice over and just root like crazy for And people be like, oh, my gosh, these guys love rice. And it's like we just love the rice over. We love how terrible the rice defense is, because this is what we're talking about. We get in the weeds. There's a lot of rice talk. This is the only place in America on handicapping shows where people talk about rice football. I don't. Did you think there's a rice podcast? I mean, there's just so many opportunities. What you could name a podcast about rice. It's <laughs> endless, but I, I don't know if any exists. Maybe we should have somebody on if it does exist. All right. What's your second best bet? Do you think they have owl talk there? Yeah, maybe. no. owl. Yeah. <laughs> the owls. They're so intelligent and incapable of stopping competent offenses. Owl talk. Yeah. We should just start. If not, maybe we'll start it. You know, Com. We're always looking to expand. I'm going to th- pitch to my boss. Listen, guys, I just think there's a huge – It mostly the podcast would mostly appeal to handicappers, but I'll talk is where it's at right now. That's what we'll uh, call this segment from now on. It's just I'll talk. I'll, I'll talk, yeah.
1: All right, what do you got number two? Best bet number two, I'm going to take Kansas, Iowa State, over 58.5. I uh, project this at 61. 90% of the money's on the over. Uh, projecting this using just the 2022 data, because, again, Kansas is one of these teams that – Preseason project, you know, they projected to suck, and they've been awesome so far. So uh, that projection will be 62. Uh, and Kansas ranks second in unadjusted offensive efficiency, and they're outside the top 85 in defensive efficiency. So again, they're kind of kind of North Carolina-ish in terms of their their team profile. So uh, that that lends me
0: to an over here. Their quarterback's a Heisman candidate, man. I mean, he's playing awesome. He's, Absolutely, so, I mean to bet on uh, to bet on that, and and I will say I can remember I was going back and listen listening um, to some of the stuff Shahan and I were doing in the preseason with bets. We talked about betting the over on Kansas. Their over under for wins this season was two and a half, and they're four and zero. Oh. And, and Shah- Shahan was like, "I'm thinking about it, but I'm not going to take it." And it's like, "Oh my gosh, that was the easiest money in the world." <laughs> Jalen Daniels, man, Jalen Daniels. He's in the same California. Recruiting class um, that CJ Stroud, DJ Uyongalale, and Bryce Young were in. There were all these Southern California oh, quarterbacks. Wow. And those three guys were huge recruits, obviously, went to the three most powerful programs in the country. And Jalen Daniels was a much lower ranked guy who I think was going to go to Middle Tennessee State or somewhere. And there was, I think, I don't even know that it was an assistant coach. It was somebody like in the numbers office at Kansas, like an analytics guy you know, a a grad assistant or somebody or an analyst who just like really liked his numbers and said, we should go after this guy. And now here he is in year three and he's, he's playing great. So um, I feel this Kansas stuff feels real. And what's real is their offense is pretty good and their defense is still not that good. So I like this over. I think you're onto something here. All right. What's third. Third. Again, we're going to go back to the well
1: with both UCF and SMU unders Uh, they play each other this week. So we're going to go UCF SMU under 64 and a half. Uh, I projected at 57.5, so we're getting a, a touchdown of value here. 76 percent of the money's on the under, uh, and using only their their data from this year, I would project it at 49. Wow. Uh, again, UCF's been an under machine, and SMU should have been under last week. Uh, so I think I think the fact that the SMU game went over last week actually lends itself here to the under this week because the market's just going to look at oh they went over last week let let's ride that. So we're we're going to go the other way and take the under here. Uh, both teams are outside the top 50 in unadjusted offensive efficiency, and the UCF defense is top 11 in unadjusted mm-hmm. defensive efficiency. So we got a good defense and two average offenses. So I'll, I'll take that for an under.
0: All right. Upset pick of the week. You nailed it last week. What do you got here?
1: Yeah, I'm going to get greedy here this week. Last week, we had a two-to-one underdog that cashed in Miami of Ohio. This week, I'm taking – a plus five fifty underdog, so we're Ooh. getting over five to one odds here. A seventeen point underdog. I'm going to take Stanford to upset Oregon. Uh, again, like you mentioned, Oregon had a crazy roller coaster win last week. That you know, one could argue maybe they should have lost, or maybe they should have won by two scores. Who knows? Uh, but you know that that was a, a very emotional game. I'm, I'm sure for them. So they're in a perfect letdown spot here this week. Uh, and Stanford, I think the market kind of softened. If you recall, when we talked the week of the Stanford-USC game, there was some some sharp money on Stanford in that USC game. But then I think what happened is Stanford had some bad turnover luck in that game. UCLA, yeah. uh, USC ended up covering that game. And I think the market just kind of went out on Stanford. But they're still the same team. And if, if a couple of turnovers go a different way, they beat USC that day. Uh, so I think there is a, a decent football team in there. Uh, I project it at 14. So, you know... That that is what it is. We're, we're probably going to require some turnover luck here, but again, at five to one, uh, but I think I think this game's either an Oregon blowout where they just take care of business, or Stanford win. I, I don't know that there's going to be much much in between here. Um, so at five to one, I'll, I'll definitely take a flyer here for uh, the Cardinal to win.
0: Bo Nix experience, man. The Bo Nix experience. The Oregon exactly. quarterback where he you do not know he threw an awful pick six against Washington State in the red zone that absolutely. Turn that game and it was like, well, Oregon's dead now. it was like a 95-yard pick six I'm like a swing pass. And he's so inconsistent. I looked at this for my Pac-12 bet. I really thought, again, it's hard to wrap my head around that. And, and again, road road home matters. This one's at Oregon. When USC played Stanford, it was at Stanford. But that game, I think when we talked about it, it was seven and a half. It might have gotten the nine and a half that USC Stanford game. And mm-hmm. I was like, why isn't USC favored by more? And now that same Stanford team that was only a nine and a half point underdog to USC is now a 17 point underdog to Oregon. Like I don't, when Oregon has been so inconsistent, they played really well against BYU. They had some guys in the trenches. They they did almost everything well against a BYU team that was coming off a little bit of a letdown after beating Baylor the week before. But I, I last week was a weird Oregon experience. And so this feels like, Again, to have it hinge on, right, if you're going to have a 17-point underdog win, to be counting on turnovers makes a lot of sense. This is a good team to count on turnovers against. You count on Oregon turning it over. Yeah,
1: and and I should note here, both teams are outside the top 105 in my defensive efficiency. Um, Now, both teams can score points. I think think Tanner McKee, the quarterback for Stanford, uh, is a pretty good player. So I don't expect a lot of stops here in this game. So in a game like that, that could be a shootout, similar to how the Washington State game was last week, like I'll take five to one odds
0: on on maybe Stanford gets a turnover break and has the ball last. We'll we'll take five to one on that. If you're gonna bet an underdog like this, would you also throw some money on Stanford plus 17 to kind of cover yourself? Or is it like, let's just let it rip on, you know, getting five and a half to one on the actual win? I mean, you you could. I guess it just depends on how much
1: how much you like this game in, per- in particular, because again, when we're talking about these long shot underdogs, like we're not betting a full unit. So if I'm throwing 10 bucks here to, to win 55, like I I'll just take the money line, but I don't know that I want to bet 50, you-, you know, like I, I,
0: I don't right. know that I would want to put a full unit on the spread because of the odds. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Um, all right. So those are our bets for this week. Again, tissue hit the upset, the underdog, upset pick of the week a year ago, a week ago, what do you got? We always like the advice. We're all still, a lot of us are still learning, but even if you think you know what you're doing, learning is a lifelong process tissue. So at the end of this podcast, we want to help people learn what's your betting tip of the week. So I I saw,
1: I can't remember if it was the action network or the Caesars Twitter account, some sports book or some gambling media had tweeted earlier this week about a better that had placed a bet for like $330,000 to win 300,000 on whatever side of a game it was. And it just got me thinking like, I bet recreational bettors see that sort of thing. And they're like, wow, that guy must know something or he must be like, because it it makes sense logically that the most confident bettors would want to bet the most amount of money on their bets. But the reality of the situation is sports books are smarter than that. And they're not going to accept a bet of that size from someone that they respect as a better. So this is just Joe Schmo with too much disposable income walking up to the counter and and throwing three hundred thousand dollars on it. This is not. So I don't want people to see those type of things. And I know um, Darren Ravel is is really kind of chastised for this among the among professional bettors because he constantly is hyping up these huge parlay wins and things like that. And that's not, that's not reality. Sports books are not going to accept that kind of action from a, from a sharp better.
0: It is my dream to be a Joe Schmo with too much disposable income. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Not the ultimate goal. Darren Rovell, by the way, right. Everyone knows him sports business guy. Um, We went to the same college and, and we worked at the same radio station. He's younger than me. But he had a sports business radio show on the student radio station that I was on one time. And I was like, "Ah, oh, this college kid like wants to have I think I was covering Major League Baseball at the time. And I was like, I'll go on this sports business show, throw him a bone. And it's like, oh, he like invented a beat kind of and is hugely successful. And um, and you're here with me. So and once upon a time. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he'll throw me a bone someday. Uh, and, but, but listen, man, we, we're, you know, we're, I was one in four last week. So things I can only go, it's only up from here. T-shoe. Absolutely. So, um, so that's our, that's our betting the Buckeyes podcast. Uh, other Ohio state Rutgers preview me, Steven, Nathan, that's also in this Buckeye talk feed. We dropped two on Fridays. It's double dip Friday on Buckeye talk. Cause we want to talk about the game. And then we would talk about gambling and there's no one better to do that with, uh, than Tyler shoemaker people I don't know again, you are from Ohio, you live in South Carolina you came to the Ohio State game last week. Do you ever go to Clemson games because they're right down the road Do you ever go just because they're you're a college football fan
1: yeah i've I've gone to to a couple with with some of my friends that I've made here that you know most most people here went went to Clemson or cheer for Clemson so' I've, I've gone to a couple I haven't gone the last game I went to was the Georgia Tech opener in 2019 when Trevor Lawrence like didn't look great and everyone was like all right out on him as the Heisman <laughs> that was that was the last game I was at. Okay.
0: Yeah. If you ever get a live Clemson report, uh, we'll, we'll take that here on betting the Buckeyes as well. It's like Shu is like has infiltrated enemy territory. <laughs> He's sitting here wearing another Ohio uh, football shirt as we uh, record right now. So thanks to you guys for listening. Make sure you follow Buckeye tie 23 on Twitter. That's where he drops early in the week. Hey, here are these early lines. I'm putting bets on these things right now. Get these lines before these, they change. That's where he, constantly tracks everything he bets how he does on everything incredibly transparent and even more information than you're getting here on this podcast if you follow on twitter buckeye tie 23 for now for Shoe, i'm doug and that was betting the buckeyes on buckeye talk